You're listening to the Art of Play podcast. This podcast is about play, not just childhood play, all play. I'm here showing how play is a foundation of not just being better adults, but better, well-rounded humans. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, we have a change in plans. So if you've listened before, uh, before now, you know we were going to begin with a series of uh, creative people, uh, creative interviews, and beginning with an author friend of mine. And the content that is to come after the first episode um, has some um, complications, let's say. Okay, complications. And I needed to delay just one week, just seven days. And as I thought about that element this week and how to fill the time gap, I was so disappointed at not being able to give you a wonderful interview this week. We've already recorded it and it's it's really good. You guys will really love it this week. So I felt like I was letting you down and it actually was a hard thing to swallow. And it took me a day or two to realize uh, that rather than avoid that disappointment, we should just address it head on. So today, we will just talk all about the disappointments in life and how those can help shape us, also fueling our, you know, betterment of ourselves. Is that a word? Betterment? Okay. If you look back just a couple episodes, I think it's episode 23 or 24, must be 24, uh, is about mistakes. So not to rehash the whole thing, but we kind of gloss through some aspects that mistakes are learning opportunities, right? We talked about how we learn through mistakes and we actually evolved through uh, learning that way. And that's, that's kind of the basis for how we learn in the majority of our early learning. We created our learning foundations on trial and error. And what I want to focus on today is the feeling that disappointment, uh, the feeling of disappointment that can come from a missed opportunity. And the emotion of disappointment is a teacher, but more importantly, how we use it becomes an outline for how we interact, even without knowing. Okay, so let's let's get to it. We're just gonna wing it here a little bit, so uh, bear with us here for a minute. So first, let's talk about what disappointment is and what it does to us chemically. Then let's talk about the good and the bad of disappointment. And finally, Let's talk about what it is that we are going to do with disappointment. Since we can't avoid it, since it's part of life, what are we going to do with it? Um, oh, hold on. We've got, we got a little buddy calling. We have a FaceTime buddy that, that calls my son. So obviously you guys can hear that. Sorry, I didn't mute that. Okay, disappointment. Back to, back to where we were. Disappointment. So the word is kind of heavy. And as I was writing my notes out, it's also kind of a really long word. So (laughs) disappointment is felt by everybody. Disappointment is experienced um, nearly every day of our life. So disappointment is um, the definition, let's just start there, when the obtained outcome is worse than the expected outcome. So what you get is not what you expected. It happens all the time. And it pretty much from birth on up, we are, we're, you know, disappointed in life. There are many disappointments in a day, especially when you're encountering something familiar, but maybe not habitual, not something you do all the time, 
can you maybe see the perspective of someone little and small who is just gaining their voice and realizing that many different expectations don't go their way or don't go the way they thought they should in their three-year-old minds. And it's no wonder that toddlers can be emotional or even easily overwhelmed. Um, But we're not really talking about toddlers. We can sort of revert back to when we were toddlers, but um, disappointments come in all sorts of sizes. There are disappointments that directly come from our own choices, and there are disappointments that come from the actions of others' choices. There are small disappointments that are easily forgotten, and we quickly move on. And then there are also, those range all the way up to large disappointments that can jumpstart regret in some areas of our lives, and and we, you, we think about perpetually. All disappointment triggers the same neurochemical in our brain. Actually, there's two neurochemicals that they're tracking that make us feel the disappointment feeling. And the amount of chemicals released relates directly to the amount, excuse me, the amount of disappointment we feel. So the feeling of disappointment over your favorite dessert place being out of your favorite dessert is probably less than the feeling of disappointment that your favorite dessert place went out of business. So this take this as a plug to support your local businesses as well. But there's a direct proportion to the amount of neurochemical released in our brain to the size of the disappointment that we feel. The more practiced we are at refocusing our attention or even dealing quickly with larger disappointments, the faster we learn and recover um, neurologically from our emotional feeling of setback. And that setback though, overcoming it is a part of our DNA. So it's a part of how we've been hardwired and disappointments are really normal. In fact, people who, um, who experience less disappointment in their life because they've been, you know, they're, lives are a little more padded maybe, uh, also have a harder time overcoming any sort of even small setback. So it's again, with like the baby bird, you don't help the baby bird hatch out of the egg because it needs that resistance in his life. All right. So through the definitions, let's get into the good and the bad. The good news is always you've overcome disappointments of all sizes in your life so far you've managed on your own and then possibly with others respectful help to manage and overcome disappointments that have that have helped you learn things today you've overcome and learned some of those disappointments may have led to mistrust and that can also be really good in fact it's essential for bonding in relationships to have areas of um, mistrust that have then been rebuilt and reinforced into good, trustful relationships. Now, I'm not saying, you know, mistrust on a abuse level where, you know, that's in its own category, but we're saying like, maybe you were disappointed when mom left for the store and then she came back an hour later and it, but it built that, that disassociation, dissatisfaction with that experience led you to build a stronger bond. Uh, it, it creates foundational trust. So foundational trust is what really solid relationships um, can stand on and can stand the test of time. So 
your disappointment comes from your expectations not being met. And we all know that expectations can overhang in our lives in a way that doesn't add benefit. Um, But disappointment can show you where you are not aligning your desires with what you value. So it's, it's sort of like this good barrier. It shows you where you care. Disappointment that lingers over something that seems silly can show your level of interest, also your level of desire. So let's say, just as an example, let's say you really want some sort of limited edition something. I don't know, let's, a car, a watch, let's go with like a watch, okay, something small. You want a watch, let's say you work for the watch, you go to buy the watch and it's no longer available anywhere, right? It was a real limited edition. You are disappointed but think it's an oh well moment, right? You you know, you move on. There's lots of watches in the world. There'll be something else later. Maybe a few weeks later, you find yourself re-experiencing that same feeling of disappointment when reflecting on the watch. So much so you are coming to regretting not buying the watch the second you desired it or found it or what have you. Now, if you were to examine the reasons why you wanted the watch in the first place, You could come up with all sorts of reasons and emotions. I bet it has less to do with the watch than the expectation to feel a certain way about wearing the watch or owning the watch. If you get that far down that, you know, spiral self-reflecting hole, chances are you feel a certain way about the watch and you're disappointed about not being able to feel the way you expected. This, so while this is a simple, maybe it's a seemingly silly example, but this is the way our brain works, right? We tie emotions and when some of those emotional expectations don't get met, sometimes we ping and re-ping until we can find a way to unravel that emotion a little bit further to understand ourselves better. Uh, So it, you know, it can be applied to so many more things than just a simple watch. But the point is that you can feel disappointment about your expectations not being filled in a myriad of ways, both large and small. The bad news is very early on, we learn that our actions can create a reaction of disappointment in others, you know, caregivers, parents. We learn to perform then alter our own actions and act according to the societal norms that we are given permission to be within. If someone expresses disappointment in our actions in an early enough stage of life, we can carry that disapproval with us for decades. The disappointment of others is a social cue for us to alter our behavior. Hopefully, we can learn to regulate it in a safe and sensible environment, but realizing that's not possible for every single one of us. So then again, in more bad news, if we wallow in our larger disappointments, whether they came from someone else, you know, someone else's actions or ours, if we wallow in our disappointments and they become regret that we go back and revisit often, that is what can signal our brain into a state of depression. Now I'm just talking about I'm I'm just talking about the kind of depression that comes from a state of being, right? I'm not talking about um, being chemically out of balance in the first place or being put 
you know, in a hormonal deficit. So back to putting our state into a state of depression by revisiting and re going over and over and over those same sort of uh, disappointments, the longer we bathe our brain in that, in those neurochemicals of disappointment, the more likely we are to send our brain down a chemical pathway toward not being able to feel the effect of the good chemicals or it takes us a while to feel in a normal swing, right? It takes a bigger uptick to get our brains to actually re-engage on the positive neurochemicals. When we wallow in our disappointments and regret, we revisit that disappointing event over and over. And this process without a healthy resolve of emotion can trigger larger depressive episodes and over time, may actually need medication to chemically allow the brain to literally be more chemically balanced. So it would take your, you know, the um, depressive medication takes sort of the high off the high, but it also takes the low out of the low and it can bring sort of the bottom of your sway up so that it takes a smaller amount of dopamine and serotonin to kind of swing you up and out of those depressive episodes. Now, I'm not saying that thinking about your disappointments over and over and over again will cause depression, but it does, there is chemical, um, there, well, there's, let's say there's research showing that the chemical outline of your brain, when you revisit those disappointments over and over and over again, if you don't also then give it an upswing of positivity afterward, your brain is just sitting, you know, basically soaking up those neurochemicals of, of negative um, emotion. Now, without a healthy resolve of emotion, we can trigger those larger depressive episodes that will then be detrimental to our mental health. But they don't have to be. So yes, we're going to, I'm going to give you a, but... Okay, we've talked over what disappointment is, what the good and the bad sides of disappointment are, and now finally, what do we do with it? So disappointment's going to happen, big and, you know, big and small, we are going to have to deal with it. What can we do with disappointments to make them a, you know, a driver in our life or, or at least point us in a direction? And I think this is actually, it, it's, you know, so far the episodes, <laughs> so far Sarah winging it is actually sounding a little, little downer, but I have my last ditch here. So let's just let me, just let me give you the silver lining. So I, I actually think it's more than a silver lining. It's real hope here. So first of all, disappointments show you the places that you care, right? Your expectation about a certain person or a scenario or an outcome, even some event, show you the keystone to what taps into the emotions around caring about the outcome. You care. So disappointment shows you you care. Now, at face value, sometimes the disappointment doesn't show you what you really care about. So you have to sort of drill down. The disappointment about your expectations not being met 
has to be distilled into why we care so much about something. Why we care is something we can work with. If you are constantly let down, let's say by a specific family member, it shows that you care about them, but at the same time, you care that they let you down, right? You're hurt or you're disappointed. Your disappointment can take you to the place where you get bitter or maybe a more productive route. You know, sometimes you just you just have to be sad and disappointed and bitter about somebody letting you down over and over. I get that side. But when you're ready to say, okay, how do I maybe not let this person affect me in such a high level of disappointment or how do I how do I become more productive in this in this interaction? This route would be to find out why you find them so disappointing and does it actually have to do with the current situation or is it a track record of experiences and behavior? Tracking where your emotion actually feels deeply rooted is one of the most healing therapies we can take ourselves through. So if you can track your emotion to why that disappointment is affecting you so strongly, it can actually be more healing than just sitting there and writing people off because they disappointed you too many times. Sometimes this takes professional help. I will just put a good plug in to find yourself a good therapist even if you check in every now and then, just it's a good, healthy option. And even a trusted venting partner that you can give the disclaimer, I need to vent so that I can uncover my emotional reasons why this, why this hurts so much or why this is so disappointing. But many times I feel a twinge of disappointment. I can generally track it to some emotion or an insecurity And maybe that's different for you, but I bet your disappointment still shows you something that you care about. And if you dig a little deeper, it can show you why you care, why that disappointment maybe hurts so much. But you can only find the reasons why you care if you're willing to unpack and dig into that disappointment, which generally means you need to be in an emotionally safe place. Just going to put another plug for a good emotional safe place like therapy. All right. Now, a word of caution about digging around in disappointment. So overall, I think it's a productive tool. I think disappointment can be extremely helpful, just like it was in the early days of your life. Disappointment is a repointing the way forward by taking notes from the past. So as a small tangent, a few weeks ago, I... It's like still hard to talk about. A few weeks ago, I lost three years of photos from my phone when I I had to get a repair on my old phone that I thought would just be a simple, um, it was just like the um, the back glass of my phone. I just thought they would just replace the back glass and instead they just handed me a new phone, right? They just say, are you all backed up? And me believing that I was, you know, long story short, just say, oh yeah, yeah, everything's everything's on the cloud, everything's there. However, um, I was not. I was I had not done the prep work. I had not backed up that phone. And three years is a big chunk of documentation. I am pretty much the sole documenter of my family life. 
and as a very visual person as well my albums on my phone were sort of like my personal library of thoughts filed away and somewhere in the digital upgrades of life the button of backing up my photos to the cloud was toggled off and i didn't i hadn't needed to go back on icloud and get any previous photos because they just happened to be on that device so I didn't ever go check so who knows when it happened but it most likely happened a year or two into having that phone and then a year or two later is when it you know I got the new phone and they all got wiped so the realization of losing that many photos that I was the sole carrier of was a pretty soul-sucking sort of disappointment it killed me to think that it was all gone down the drain in one phone wipe. One button, two passcodes, gone, lost forever. So did I actually lose the memories? No, no, I didn't. Did I lose anything that was actually fueling a life on earth? No. Did I cry? Absolutely. Did I try all the separate attempts to get them back? And, and it, you know, those desperate calls and trying all of the weird things you find on the internet. Yes, I did. Did I berate myself? Probably too much. Um, did I wish that I had documented more on Instagram and other media to ensure more of my photos were preserved? Sure, absolutely. Did I make sure all the safeguards are in place for that to never happen again? You bet your bottom dollar I did. Um, but did I also take the time to say, why was this such a big blow? And yes, actually I did. And actually it was a very, very productive family discussion. I brought my whole family into it. I laid out to my family how I lost photos of them that I would never be able to get back. I would never be able to relive those moments in a photo of, you know, somebody painting with peanut butter or our dog as a puppy or let's see, the first day of junior high for my oldest son. The list goes on and on, but I was able to take my disappointment and turn it around to my family and ask, so this matters to all of us. Uh, why am I the only one documenting? Why are there hardly any pictures of me and so many of the rest of you? Because I'm, of course, the one taking pictures and it matters to all of us to have pictures documenting our lives. So let's all document. We all care about this. And we all agreed to do better. Now, I'm sure some people promptly forgot about it in the family, but that's fine because they're children and that's just their job. Um, but it proved out that while it was a super disappointing experience, there is much better things to be gained than wallowing in something that I cannot change and in the long run probably will just be a family lore story. You know, it's just going to end up being one of those things in our experience. Okay. Wow, that was, yeah. Short tangents don't exist on this podcast. Sorry, guys. Uh, alrighty. Okay, we've been through defining disappointment, sorting through the good and the bad, and uh, finally that disappointment can teach us more about ourselves overall. We can actually use it as a tool to learn more about ourselves. And long tangents aside... We are at the point of closing out this episode and I want you to take away the fact that you grew out of experiencing disappointments and you will continue to do so if you can see it for what it is. Disappointment means you care 
And if you can drive that care into meaningful experiences here on earth that actually will build a well-rounded life. So I think the world needs more of it. The world needs of what you can care about and what you can bring to the table. And I would say, don't let anyone shame you out of trying to do your best. So have a good weekend. Um, So glad that you joined us today. This podcast is fueled by my family's mission at the Oliver Fund. We send playthings to children in hardship all over the world, and we are looking in our own communities now for opportunities to help and support. We believe that to have the ability to work hard, there is value in playing well for everyone of all demographics. You can find out more online at theoliverfund.org or find us on social media at The Oliver Fund and at Art of Play Podcast. If you love this episode, please will you do me a favor and go to Apple Podcasts and write a review or share with a friend you think would love it. The more the word gets out, the more we are able to share our playful message with others. Here's to leaving you to your weekend a little more hopeful and hopefully more happily playful, if only for five minutes.